Welcome back. Great to be with you. Mariners Pod back with you once again. Gary Hill here. It's going to be a fun one today. We'll talk about that in just a minute as we kind of fire up our off-season Mariner Pods. We'll be a little more consistent here going through the next few weeks before we get into the new year. I think we'll have some interesting conversations coming your way. We'll cover a variety of topics, and hopefully you'll be entertained this off-season. And again, Hey, if you have any suggestions, anything you want to hear, any topics covered, any guests to get, any, I don't know, anyone to bring on, uh, feel free. MarinersPod at Mariners.com. You can help program the off-season podcast. Today's going to be a fun one. Of course, Kyle Lewis named Rookie of the Year last week, which was so great. I mean, congratulations to Kyle Lewis. Everything that he has gone through. And to see that award, see it pay off, I mean, it was great. It was great to see. And what I always love, too, about awards like that is how many people along the way can celebrate, be a part of it. You know, it starts, of course, with Kyle Lewis and his family early on and, you know, the teammates he had along the way and and getting into the Mariners organization and with the trainers and the coaches and, you know, a lot of people behind the scenes can all feel good about Kyle Lewis, not only for him winning the award, but also a lot of people have a part in it along the way, too. And today we're going to talk to one of those people along the way. And in fact, somebody that was there at the very beginning, John Wiedenbauer, who is a scout for the Seattle Mariners. And he was the one who scouted and signed Kyle Lewis, also scouted and signed Emerson Hancock. So we'll talk about both those players. But it's a really fun conversation uh, John's first major league sign was Kyle Lewis, and he goes on to be Rookie of the Year, which is pretty incredible. So we'll talk about both those guys. But first, uh, we start our conversation with John telling us a little bit about his path and his journey to become a scout in the Seattle Mariners organization. My dad's been in baseball for a long time, but more on the player development side. Uh So I was a little bit more familiar with the player development side growing up. And I was scouted a little bit coming up through high school. I was, I was drafted out of high school, but it was kind of a, kind of felt like a little bit of a favor to my dad. He was working with the Astros, the guy that uh, they, they actually drafted me. Um, but my intentions were to go to school at the time. It was, I was a 24th round pick. So it wasn't a, wasn't a really high pick, um, but I was, I was coming to go to school. So I, I went to school, but I dealt with some scouts that, and um, so uh, a little bit familiar with the process, but um, it wasn't until, after I got done playing, I played with the angels for a couple of years. And then, um, after I got done playing 2012, came back home, did, was doing some baseball lessons and then the opportunity for, uh, to attend scout school, which I, I don't think they do much of anymore. Um, but the scouting bureau used to put on a scout school and it was essentially for amateur scouts. It was to evaluate talent and kind of rank players on the 20 to 80 scale and kind of have an idea of, of, you know, what, what looks like what and stuff like that. So that was really the, my first real glimpse of, kind of what scouting looked like. And after that, I, uh, I took some interviews during the winter meetings and got hired by Tampa Bay as a part-time scout. And I was still able to live in Florida and do a lot of work around here. And I got a real good taste there of, of kind of what, what the life white lifestyle is like, just, just traveling a lot and, and getting to see, um, you know, see different players, right. High school level, junior college, uh, four-year schools, but that, that was kind of my, my first taste of it. And then, um, Seattle hired me at the end of 2014. So that was 2014. I was with Tampa at the end of 2014 going into 2015 season, uh, Seattle hired me 
And uh, I covered North Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Arkansas was my first area as a full-time scout. And did that for a year. And then Georgia opened up and I kind of jumped on it from there. Cause I kind of, my sister used to live in Atlanta. We had been up to the Atlanta area. We always liked Northern Georgia, kind of like a little elevation change growing up in Florida. You don't see a whole lot of it. <laughs> so, uh, so I, you know, I, I jumped out the opportunity, asked the guys, Hey, would, would there be an opportunity to maybe, maybe shift? I didn't, um, I didn't have any family really close in, in Texas. So there wasn't a whole lot just keeping me there. Um, I like the area, but so they were, they were all for it. And I'm, I moved over there and, uh, lived in Atlanta for, for about four years and then, uh, kind of moved down here, but that, that kind of been my path. But with, with Kyle, for example, Kyle was, I, I came in, I came to Atlanta late in 2015 mm-hmm. and we drafted Kyle in 2016. So I didn't get a chance to see him play until that spring of 2016, which was his junior year in college. So a lot of what I had seen before was on video and first time I really got to interact with him was through a a home visit with him and his parents. His brother was there as well, but his brother, I think left shortly after we got there, but that was, that was really my first interaction with them and got to know Kyle pretty well. And I felt like, you know, having done it for a year and he was probably the first real big time prospect that I got to, I got to really sit down within the family and, and kind of get to know a little bit and, and just all of his answers were very, very impressive. Very, you know, it was, it was everything you, you would hope he would answer everything he was saying. Right. And I was like, I, it sounds right. Everything sounds good. You know, this is, this is what you would expect, you know, and you know, now looking back on it, it was, it was a really impressive visit and um, a lot of good things to take away from it. And then, you know, getting to scout him and I, I saw him a bunch that spring and, you know, from, I think his first game of the season to all the way through the conference tournament, I got to see him play about five games in the conference tournament. When you saw him play, what jumped out when you saw him in those early days for the first few times? Yeah, so he, he was at Mercer, which is a, a during the Southern Conference, it's a mid-major type school, and he he just he, he stands out on the field. I mean, he is his size, his athleticism, the way he can impact the game, and it was offensively and defensively. You know, he he found ways to you know put the ball in play and hit the ball you know, with, with a ton of power. I mean, that's, he, he had power to all fields. I saw him hit home runs to all fields. I saw him hit home runs off of fastballs, breaking balls, change out, like, you know, everything you'd want to see. But what really stood out was his, his defensive play, his, his instincts in center field, right. It was, he was never the guy that you just said, wow, he's a burner. He's going to stay in center field. He was the guy that he had really good instincts and he got to balls that you were like, man, he, that was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he could go up and the ball that, that he robbed Loriano on this season. Right. I, I actually saw him do, do things like that in college. And, and it was like, man, that's, you know, I, I, I wasn't very quick to say, Hey, he can't play center field. I was like, I, I'm going to give this guy a, a realistic chance. And I, I think, I think our organization did a good job of, of, of really, you know, being convicted and saying, Hey, he, this guy deserves a chance to at least stay in center field. And then when we got closer to the draft, he, he was pretty well known, even when I got into the area that he was probably going to be a first round pick. He had a good, good sophomore year. He was the conference player of the year. He went to the Cape. He had success in the Cape. Right. So he was a pretty well-known name yeah. and he was, he was already pretty high on the prep list to begin with. So he was, um, he was already pretty well known, but his success throughout the spring ended up leading us to think he might not be there at 11. He, you know, there was, there was a lot of media that felt like he was going to go early, you know, top five picks. Some, some people even had him one, one. 
So there was, it was kind of like one of those things where I was like, man, he, he's doing so well and you're really pulling for the kid. It's just, I don't know if he's going to be there. And, and come draft night, it was maybe not a ton of expectations for me, but just sitting there, I wasn't in the draft room. I was at home and sitting there watching the first couple of picks come by. It was like, okay, we haven't heard Kyle's name yet. This is all right. And then once we got, once we started getting to like six, seven, eight, I looked at my wife and I was like, okay, this is getting a little interesting. What's going on here? So I started communicating with some guys and it, it really wasn't until the pick before, I think it was right after pick nine. I want to say somebody reached out to me. I was like, Hey, I, we think it's going to happen. So it was, it was pretty much last minute to find out. And uh, I couldn't have been more excited, you know, just kind of how it all played out. And we'll, we'll get, we'll talk to talk about Emerson here in a minute, but, but both those guys, like just, probably two of my favorite guys to scout two of my favorite guys to, to, to talk about, to get to know just guys that, that you draft them and you feel really good putting your head on the pillow at night. Right. And you're like, okay, I feel really good about what he's going to do in our system and organization, how he's going to carry himself, you know, how he's going to represent us. So I, I couldn't have been more happy with, with how everything went down. In scouting Kyle, how many times do you think you watched him play before the Mariners drafted him? Oh man. Um, I want to say I saw probably nine games roughly in that spring. Um, I saw him probably two or three games really early in the season. Like right, right. Just, Hey, he was, he was top of my prep list. I wanted to see him, get him in our system and, you know, let, let some of the cross checkers come in and see him and, and shoot, we were having guys see him just about every week. And then somewhere towards the middle of the spring, I kind of went in and checked in on him, saw a couple games just to make sure, Hey, making sure everything looks, you know, kind of what I expected. And then we, we assign conference conference uh, tournaments and they gave me the Southern conference, which was in uh, uh, Greenville, South Carolina at the the Red Sox minor league park. So I was there and it was, it was kind of, Hey, let's, all right, let's see how he finishes up. Right. And, and they had to win. It, the understanding was they had to win the conference to, to make a regional and they, they ended up losing, but he, I remember the first three games he hit a home run in every game. <laughs> he he hit the first game. He hit one about I th- I think the the trackman had it like four sixty to center field or something like that. Mm-hmm. Second game he hit one oppo, and then the third game he hit one over their green monster to left field. So he was it was literally all fields. It, it was exactly what you wanted to see. It was doing everything, and and the the outfield play was was solid as well. You know, it was everything that you want to see. And at that point I was kind of looking around being like, okay, who else is here? Who picks a head bus? You know, you're kind of like, okay, what, what do I got to worry about here? And, um, you know, and, and there was, mo- it was mostly area scouts that were there as well, you know, maybe a couple cross checkers, but it was, it was kind of the in- inkling that, you know, if, if, if he's going to go in front of us, there, there might be some heavy hitters coming in here and, and it wasn't necessarily the case, but so I, I saw him, I saw him a ton and, in, in, um, I felt pretty good just about every time I walked away from the field. So that was, that was good. I mean, Kyle was your first major league sign and mm-hmm. everything that he went through with the injuries, everything he had to overcome, not only to make it to the big leagues last year and make such an impact, but rookie of the year this year. I mean, what did that moment mean to you when he was named rookie of the year? It was, I, I mean, I, I got chills when, when they announced his name, you know, and it was even a lot of people, you know, reaching out saying, look, he's, he's got it in the bag, you know, listening, listening just to the, to the broadcast every, every game it's, you know, Aaron talking about, Hey, he's, he's a lock for it. You know, it's like, it's like, yeah, but it's got to happen still. And, you know, listening to the media, reading stuff and, you know, people were talking about Luis Robert and, you know, he's a good player too. And, um, 
you know, you, you just didn't know. And so the, the fact that he won, it was unanimous. It was, I mean, it was awesome. And I, and I, I watched the, uh, the YouTube piece that they, that the Mariners did on him um, shortly after. And, and it brought out, brought back a lot of good memories of, of, you know, kind of the process and that injury. Oh man, it was, it was tough. I mean, we, our scouting director at the time, I believe was at the game when it happened and he reached out to me and he was like, I don't know. He's like, I, I don't think it's major, but we don't know. Like we just, we just didn't know at the time. Cause kind of like what Kyle said in that documentary, he, he, he wasn't sure what it was. He didn't think it was severe at the time. So it was, um, it was kind of a, let's see what happens type of scenario. And then once they announced, you know, what, what the diagnosis was, it was, it was heartbreaking. It was hard. You know, it was, you felt like you were kind of going through the same thing. It was like, Oh no, what, you know, what does this mean for his career? It's, it's a knee injury for a guy that, you know, we hope can play center field. And that's, that's, that's a scary thing. So, you know, we were, we were pretty hopeful, but the fact that he had, he was exercising shortly after the surgery, they had, they had had him in the building and, and going through some exercises. I was like, well, that's good to see. At least he's moving. He's doing some stuff to, to help the range of motion and everything. But then he was having some setbacks once he started playing again. And it was like, Oh, is this just going to be a lingering effect, you know? And, and you get, you just get nervous for him. And then, you know, once he finally got healthy and last year was really his, his first healthy year back. And, and it was like, okay, you know, what, what's his ceiling, you know, what, what can he be? And I heard a lot of people saying this past off season, he was, he was really working on speed, agility, uh, athleticism, everything that, once he got on the field, even in spring training this year, I was like, man, he looks like he looks better than he did before the injury. I was like, this is, this is exciting. This is what got you excited when you saw him before. And, um, to see what he's done, you know, it's, it's, I, I it, it's hard to say, cause I, I don't want to say I'm not surprised, you know, cause he always, he never ceases to amaze me, but it, it was, it was something that you thought he was going to do. Right. Cause, cause just the makeup, the character of everything he was, you know, that, that was, you were confident that that's what he, who he was going to be. We're so lucky that, that it's played out as it, as it has, and as devastating of an injury as it is, it, it probably happened to a guy that could handle it, you know, and, and um, you know, somebody that can, that can come back stronger. And I remember reaching out to him shortly after the injury and he was, he said, you know, Hey, this is, it's just a, just a setback, you know, I'm going to come back stronger. And that's, that's everything I expected him to say after getting to know him pretty well. So. You mentioned reaching out. It's something that fans don't get a chance to see, but you mm-hmm. form a relationship with players you're scouting, their families, and then they sign in the organization. You kind of help shepherd them through. I mean, there's there's a lasting relationship there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, I I, I got to go into his house, which is for a college guy that that's not in terribly normal. Mm-hmm. Um, usually with the college guys, we usually meet with them on campus, maybe at the baseball field or baseball offices that's usually more of protocol for the college guys. It just so happened that we were able to meet, I think it was over the holiday break over the winter break. And he lived, he lives up near, near Atlanta, a little East of, of the city. And I was, I was in the area. So it, it just kind of made sense. Our scouting director and our national cross checker at the time, they, uh, they, they joined me as well. So I got to meet him, go into his, go into his house, you know, meet his parents, meet his brother, meet the family, kind of really get a good, a good vibe for, for everything that, that him and his family you know, are, and that, that was just kind of the start of it. And then every game I went to, you know, I got to see his parents, hug his mom, you know, you're right. You, you really form a relationship. You almost feel like you're, you're part of the family to some extent. And, and then once we drafted him, 
I flew out with Kyle, his dad and his brother, his mom stayed back cause they had a draft party and they had a bunch of family that were in town. So they're like, ah, somebody has got to stay back. So, um, unfortunately mom had to, had to pull the duties for that, but I, I, I flew out and we spent three days together. I mean, we were together all day. Um, just kind of seeing the city, doing some different things, um, getting to go to the ballpark and, and already feeling very confident of who he was just spending three days with him there was like, man, like he's, he's so much better human being than, than I even expected him to be, you know? And, and you know, it was, but you're right. Like I, I, I texted him right after he won the rookie of the year. He was like, he, he, he shot me right back. He said, thanks, man. You know, you've been there from the beginning. Appreciate everything you've done. You know, it's, it's good. It, it, it makes you feel pretty good about, about what you're doing. Well, congrats on that. And who knows, maybe you'll have another rookie of the year here down the road. You know, you mentioned scouting Georgia and that's kept you pretty busy. I think the Mariners have used a high pick, what, three years in a row on a player from the university of Georgia, including the last pick. Tell us what you saw from Emerson Hancock. Yeah. Yeah. So Emerson, um, Emerson was a little different than Kyle in the sense that I, I got to scout Emerson when he was in high school. So I had a little bit more history with him before this, this spring. And he was, he was a pretty well-known prospect. So I saw him multiple times. I got to know him and his parents pretty well through the high school, uh, the high school season. And then his parents always would come to games, you know, as a freshman and sophomore when he wasn't even draft eligible at Georgia, got to see his parents and kind of keep, keep in touch with him, but to get to see his development. I mean, he was, he was an interesting player out of high school and he showed you some velocity and he showed the field to spin the, the breaking ball, but he just didn't hold the, his velocity, you know, as, as well as, as maybe a guy that you would, you would feel really comfortable, you know, trying to select. And, and he was also very committed to going to school too. Both his parents were, were in the educational system. His dad was a football coach and his mom, I, I believe was a, a speech pathologist. They, they were very educational based. So he was, he, he was very, very confident that he wanted to go to school. And, and that was, you know, that was a decision. You, you respect it. And, but he, you know, got to, got to really scout him for about four years, really from, from his senior year of high school all the way through his junior year. And to see him progress and go through, you know, the, the strength, the, you know, adding weight to himself, improving his mechanics, improving his velocity, doing everything you would hope he would expect it. He, he added a slider, which was something he didn't throw in high school as well. So it was a little bit more of a, a complete package to feel like, Hey, I've, I've seen him progress and, and get to go through that. So, but another, another really impressive human being, just, just, I mean, you, you, you couldn't ask for a better, a better guy to get into the organization and just be around, you know, the, the other players and the coaches and, and you know, you're going to get everything that he has every day. So he's just another guy that, that it's hard not to pull for. I can't imagine being in your shoes on draft day. You know, a guy like <laughs> Hancock, you know, you love Hancock. The organization loves Hancock. But, you know, you're a hostage of the situation. He easily sure. could have gone before. I mean, what are those moments like as you're watching pick after pick and just waiting all the time you've invested <laughs> on him? I mean, what is that moment like when, hey, he's there, and you know they're going to take him? That must feel amazing. Yeah, so – so. Th- the time leading up to it, the best word, nerve wracking, like yeah. just, you, you really, I mean, you're, you're just nervous. I mean, even, even when, even years that maybe I haven't had a high pick or a guy, you, you're still nervous. You're still nervous on the whole, you know, how everything's going to shape out. Cause you never know when, when, when your players might, might be an option, but 
it's, it's elation. Once it happens, you know, it was the same thing with Kyle. It was, I don't know if, if you want to say a sigh of relief, but it was, it was just, it's just pure excitement. You're like, yeah, you know, I put in a lot of time and then you, you focus on a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys that you build really good relationships with. And you really hope that you get that you, that, that, you know, we don't select, you know, maybe another team takes or, you know, whatever reason. So, so, you know, some of those can be hard, but it, it keeps you humble for sure. You know, going through the whole process and in the draft minus this past year, it's, it's a long draft, you know, you're sitting, you're watching a lot of, a lot of picks go by and, and, you know, trying to, trying to figure out which guys kind of fit, you know, what, what we're trying to do. So, you know, luckily both of those guys were, they were earlier in the draft. So, you know, I have 10 picks before Kyle and then five before for Emerson. Uh, luckily I didn't have to wait super long, but it, <laughs> just watch. I kind of had an idea of how I thought the first five picks were going to go. And almost everybody in the media thought we were going to take Emerson. And I, I still didn't know. Right. I mean, you don't know until, until it comes through, you have confidence that it's going to happen, but you always have that doubt in your mind that, okay, what if something else happens? What if there's a player that that's still there that we want a little bit more, you don't know. And um, I think by pick two, it was already a little shaken up and I was like, oh, okay, how's this going to play out? So so that definitely what I thought maybe threw a little wrench in things, but I was, I was reassured after the draft that, that it was, it was all lined up for him. So, so I really excited for him. And, and I've talked to him a bunch since, since we've drafted him and he just couldn't be more excited and, and uh, more so excited for him and his family. Throwing out last year because it was such a unusual year during mm -hmm. a normal season, how many baseball games do you think you end up watching there during the course of the season? Oh, good question. Just the spring or the whole year? Oh, the whole year. Give us the whole oh, year. Oh, man. Oh, geez. Um, there are some days during the spring we'll see upwards of three to four games. And it might not be the whole game, you know, pitch, you know, pitch one to the last pitch. Sometimes it's if you go to see a high school pitcher and he's throwing two innings and you got a chance to go run over and, and possibly see somebody else close by, we'll do that. But I, I would imagine I, I see parts of maybe 150 games in the spring. Mm -hmm. And then we do a little – we do some crossover work between um, amateur as well as some minor league coverage we do in the summer. So so I'll see – you know, I'll see a bunch of amateur games and, and see some minor league games as well usually. And then in the fall, you're watching a lot of scrimmages and a lot of, you know, team practices and, and stuff like that. So – Man, to put a number on it, that's really hard. It's, I, I, I would say, a few hundred to say the least. Yeah. I, I would think, you know, that that the you're seeing and you're you're watching. You, you don't really have a, a template for, hey, these are the guys that you need to go scout, you know, and and these are the ones that you focus on. It's more, hey, you know, this is your area. You know, find the best players, and and typically there there are certain events that the better players show up at, and that helps us. But there's always guys that fall that slip through the cracks. And so it's, it always keeps you on your toes and, and we'll go to some of these big events and, and you got your head on a swivel trying to watch multiple games and seeing if just something jumps out at you. And it's, uh, it, it, it takes a lot of time. It, it takes a lot of time on the road and, you know, away from the family, which is hard, but it's, it always seems worth it in the end for sure. I talk about it all the time. There's nothing like the MLB draft. I mean, you're talking about high school kids and mm -hmm. JC kids and small college, major college. I mean, you're talking about hundreds and thousands of players. And uh, I don't know if everyone realizes how much work that is. And it's, it's fun to when it pays off with guys like Kyle Lewis and Emerson Hancock. So congrats. I mean, Thank that's you. Got to feel great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, uh, 
I'm excited. You know, like, like I said before, it's probably two of the best guys that I could have asked for that I've had the opportunity to scout over the last few years that we've, we've been able to get in the system. So hopefully they're, uh, they're big leaguers for a long time and take us to a world series. That's the goal, right? That's the goal. <laughs> Sounds great. Thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Gary.